Taking a deeper look at Devin White as we begin our pending free agent series. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Friday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JRCO underscore Bucks, credentialed member of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as deputy editor of SB Nation's Bucks Nation. Dot com here with you every Monday through Friday and uh, along with our everydayers. And for that, I want to share my appreciation for your continued support of the show. One of the ways you can support the show is become a Locked On Bucks insider. You're going to get news, rumors, updates, just general thoughts, plus one-on-one conversations with me via text message. Head to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Bucks to become an insider today. We are going to begin our Buccaneers pending free agent series going through the Buccaneers upcoming free agents one at a time to decide what they bring to the team and whether or not they should be re-signed this offseason. And I figured we have talked a lot since the season ended about guys like Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield Jr. So we're starting this series off with Devin White. For those in the live chat, I see you guys. I appreciate all of you. Start dropping the player that you want profiled next in the chat, and I will get that ready for you. More on that coming up in a little bit. But going to start things off with Devin White. Of course, he was drafted fifth overall in 2019 by the Buccaneers, and he's been a captain of the team since he joined. He's going to be 26 years old on Saturday, as in for those of you watching live tomorrow, for those that are probably listening on a podcast feed or catching it later, yes, this Saturday, February 17th, and he is supposed to be entering the prime of his career. His best season came in 2020 when he basically had a lot of his career highs, 140 tackles, nine sacks, 15 tackles for loss while adding in four passes defensed, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and 16 quarterback hits. Now, he had career-high marks on some of those other categories in 2019 with three forced fumbles and four fumble recoveries, 2021 with 18 quarterback hits, and 2023 with two interceptions. However, it was his breakout performance in the playoffs in 2020 that cemented White's career season. 38 tackles, two fumble recoveries, two interceptions, three tackles for loss in just three of the four playoff games that the Buccaneers had that offseason. If you remember, he missed the wild card round game against the Washington football team at the time because he was under the COVID protocol. So he played against the Saints, the Packers, and of course in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. Since then, it seems that White has been very hit 
or miss. He accounted for fewer than five tackles in 28 games from 2021 to 2023. Now, not counting the three games where he was inactive in 2023, that's 58% of his games played where he accounted for fewer than five tackles. In 2020's playoff run, he had at least eight tackles in each game. In his five playoff games since, he's never had more than four, and he had zero in both playoff games that the Bucs had this year against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions. Now, David and I talked about it plenty over the course of the last five years uh, you know, on this show and, of course, the five years of Devin White's tenure about that first scouting combine that he and I went to and we worked, you know, during that White had said there that he wanted to be a $100 million linebacker. Well, that's Roquan Smith and Fred Warner money. Roquan averaged 5.25 tackles per game. White is averaging less than four. White is on par numbers-wise with Tremaine Edmonds, Devondre Campbell, Jawan Bentley, and Josie Jewell. Are any of those guys $100 million linebackers? Absolutely not. Those guys together, if you take their four you know, combined stats, they average 4.54 tackles per game. White is at 3.97. They average 0.1 sacks per game. Devin White is at 0.26, so he has the upper hand and the advantage there. They average 2.44 stops per game. Devin averages 1.81. They allow an average of 73.04% of passes to be caught when they're in coverage. White allows 70.85%. So he has the advantage there over those guys, but it's still not great allowing seven out of every 10 passes thrown in your direction to be caught by the player that you're covering. Devin wants $100 million, and for Roquan to get there, he took a five-year, $100 million deal with $60 million guaranteed, so $12 million guaranteed per year on average. Track's estimated market value for Devin White is $10.7 million per year. We're going to get more into the money aspect coming up in a little bit, and we're going to get in to a couple of more things. I do want to jump in the chat real quick before we uh, before we move on uh, to uh, what Devin does and doesn't do for this team. Uh, <laughs> Laquita says, I'll sign up to be an insider as soon as they sign Baker. Uh, I, I like that. Daytona Dad in the chat finally made another live. It's been a minute. Yeah, the, my lives have been a little more sporadic. Uh, not supposed to go live this late, uh, you know, a, according to what we are supposed to do, but dealt with internet outages uh, throughout the area. So it had to be delayed a little bit. Was trying to do uh, a little lunchtime live again. David Stacks, Insider David, uh, in the chat saying, took a dive 45. I like the play on words, David. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy that immensely. Um, G Vegas back. He was in yesterday's live chat. He says, Patrick queen will get the bag and that will irk white. White likes to think he is the same as queen, but queen is the more consistent and impactful player. It's hard to argue with that. 
Um, I didn't do any comparisons with Patrick uh, Queen because I wanted to take a look at the money that Devin wants and who's getting close to that. Like Roquan Smith is the only $100 million off-ball linebacker. Fred Warner, I think, was at $95 million, so that's still pretty close, but there's only one that's making that kind of money. And then I wanted to take a look at the other players that for spot tracks estimated market value. And again, that's not set in stone. It's a tool that I like to use on this show because it gives us a little bit of a ballpark idea. Uh, and it's probably somewhere in the middle of, of where he's going to get. That's why they call it an estimated value. But I wanted to see what kind of players they were comparing him to to get that number so that I could kind of have a, a apples to apples comparison. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to give you guys an estimated market value from one website and then compare him to, to someone else's analytics and, and who they're comparing him to. I, I need it to be the same for the sake of the conversation. Um, let's see, we have uh, Laquita in the chat saying, I think his head isn't right compared to his performance. Well, we are going to get in to that performance. What does White bring to this defense and what does he lack? That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. DoorDash went all out for game day and DoorDash stuff from all the ads to one lucky winner, cars, snacks, even tax software, and somehow they pulled it off. I'm a little bummed that I didn't win, but I got to hand it to them. It was one heck of a delivery. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts. So the next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more then you realize delivered. As I've told you before, my kids' schedules are crazy. So a lot of times I order dinner on DoorDash when we're headed home from practice so it's ready when we get home. Or like this weekend when my son and I are out of town, I'll hop on DoorDash and check out some of the local spots, look at their menu, and check those reviews to see if it's a place worth trying. So get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or a consolation prize for your sad 49ers loving friends all on DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to DoorDash, head to the DoorDash app to get everything that you need delivered. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen review every single day, or in the case of Richard in the chat, your uh, your listen on your way home from work. Drive safe, Richard. Listen, don't watch. Listen, pay attention to the road. Uh, everydayers, make sure you are coming back on Monday. We're going to continue this free agent profile series. And again, for those of you in the live chat, drop the next player that you want to see profiled. Gotta hit the record button on that one early. My son and I leave tomorrow morning for Notre Dame for one of his hockey tournaments. So if there's any big breaking news over the weekend, it will be addressed 
on Tuesday's episode, not Mondays. I have to record Monday's episode early just because of my schedule. In the meantime, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. There are plenty of reasons to want Devin White to stick around in Tampa. And I realize some of you may be thinking, wow, James, I'm surprised to hear you say that because you've been kind of harsh on Devin White this year. And while that's true, I can also see the great in Devin White. For starters, when he's on, he's on. Very few linebackers in the NFL, when they want to, can play with the level of intensity, drive, focus, and impact that Devin White does. Again, I go back to that 2020 season in the 2020 playoffs when he looked as if he was on the cusp of being one of, if not the best inside linebacker in the league. Second, this is a guy that was picked by Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians as their first pick in their tenure in Tampa. And I'm not saying that they should keep him for personal or nostalgic reasons, but there was a reason that they took an off-ball linebacker in the top five of the draft, which is not something that is usually done. You go back and you take a look at players that were taken after Devin White in that 2019 draft. Josh Allen, the edge rusher, not the quarterback, Ed Oliver, Rashawn Gary, Brian Burns, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons, Josh Jacobs, Montez Sweat, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Max Crosby. There was a lot of talent in that draft, and that 2020 season made things look like outside of Nick Bosa, Devin White might end up being the best player of the entire draft. Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians we're making him the centerpiece of Bulls defense. And of course, that's the defense that's still being run in Tampa. And it goes back to having seen what he's capable of in this defense. Third, it's hard to find a player that has the combination of speed and power that Devin White has. And the Bucs have tried to utilize that in the absolute best way possible. That's why down the stretch in 2023, you saw him turning into kind of a pass rush specialist because there aren't many, if any, guys on the Buccaneers roster that can get into the backfield as fast as he can. Now, that didn't help a ton in the run defense, and and you know, by that, I mean his, his speed and his ability to get into the backfield so quickly didn't help a lot in the run defense because he had a tendency to over-pursue like we saw with Quan Alexander, who I've, I've made that comparison a couple of times. But on passing downs, he could put the fear of God in some of those opposing quarterbacks with how quickly he was in the backfield. But why should the Buccaneers move on? from Devin White. The biggest one, of course, is the money. If he is still under the impression that he's getting $100 million, don't even bother engaging in talks with him. It, it's going to be like arguing with your child 
uh, you know, because he wants to stay up until midnight playing video games and he's supposed to be in bed at 930 because he's got school in the morning. They're not going to see the logic. It is pure tunnel vision. If his focus is that hundred million dollars, you're not going to be able to talk to him. It's going to be like talking to a brick wall. Um, and if another team wants to pay that and make a big splash in free agency and get the fan base all excited and sell jerseys and, and get all that hype and the get live 45 and all that stuff, then that's their problem. They're the ones that have to shell out that money. You know, they're the ones that, you know, are going to be likely stuck in a pretty rough situation. The biggest one for me personally is the attitude. This is a player in Devin White that I have spoken to on this show a few times. I have interacted with in the locker room, at training camp, in these situations, and I've always liked him, but I didn't like what I was seeing over the course of the last couple of years. It was almost as if that 2020 season, for as good as it was, became a curse. And maybe I'm way off base. This is my own personal opinion. This is, you know, me formulating things in my mind based off of what I see, based off of what I hear, based off of reading between the lines of what I hear. But the impression that I started to get was that that 2020 season created an ego problem with Devin White and that somewhere along the line, he thought that that playoff run and that championship cemented him as one of the best players in the league. And there was no drive or desire or work ethic to get better. He was still a liability in run defense. He was a massive liability in, in coverage. And there was no improvement from 2020 to 2021. And for you longtime listeners, everydayers, you know that in between the 2020 and 2021 season, I predicted that Devin White was going to be the NFL's defensive player of the year because of the season he was coming off of. And you would think another offseason, more maturity, more growth, more improvement. He was on that trajectory. Instead, there was no improvement. There was decline. There was no improvement from 21 to 22 or 22 to 23. It was a lot of resting on his laurels and not reaching the level of player that he could have. Then came the trade request and the Instagram posts and the pouting and the being a healthy scratch against the Packers. And, and you know, essentially he became a passing downs only player the rest of the season. And none of that sat right with me. Again, this is from the outside looking in, but it just seemed as if he thought he was bigger and better than he really was. And it hurt the defense as a unit. And then finally, I just really wonder from a personal standpoint for, for Devin, if a fresh start would be best. And, and honestly, if a fresh start would be best for the team as well. Maybe Devin can still become that player, but it might be easier if the team that drafted him doesn't want him back. And that's kind of the kick in the butt, the wake-up call that he needs to say, look, I know what I'm capable of. Now I'm going to prove you wrong for not bringing me back and not and not paying me. Or maybe the opposite is true, and, and he turns down whatever offer the Bucks make because he feels like he was slighted or he feels like he's worth more or 
he's willing to even take less to go somewhere else just because there's there's bitterness and there's bad blood. Or you have the situation, like I mentioned, where some team throws a bag at him and you have a Quan Alexander to the 49ers situation where after one year he's gone because he doesn't live up to the money, doesn't live up to the hype, and does not play the way that the team that signed him expects him to. Going to jump into the chat again real quick before we hit the next break. David in the chat says, I absolutely love Devin White. I have several autographs and jerseys. Just want to see better play and be a better teammate. I agree completely. And I've told you guys before, you know, Devin White was one of my son's favorite players. He wore number 45 on his hockey team for Devin White. You know, that's how much he he liked him. Um, and, you know, Devin White is going to be a fan favorite. He's been a fan favorite. I do think this year kind of soured uh, some people on him. but. When when everyone's getting hype and we have the Get Live 45 going on and he's doing his little sack dance or or whatever it is, uh, you know, Bucks fans are excited and and they should be. We uh we have G Vegas in the chat. Problem is that he was voted as a captain, the captain that got benched and didn't set up the leadership that is needed. You can't reward that behavior, especially when recently this team went through Antonio Brown. I don't know if I fully am going to bring you know the Antonio Brown situation into it, but I do feel that you know that Packers game was a sign of the leadership not being there the way that it should have been. And again, maybe maybe there is going to be a little bit of a wake up call and and a situation where Devin White kind of says, "You know what? I'm better than this. I can I can be better than this and I'm going to prove that I can live up to that 2020 season. Uh, we have uh, Sin Curly, Kin Curly. Uh, here's an idea. Tag him and move him outside. I'm going to talk about that coming up in just a minute when I let you guys know my opinion of should he stay or should he go? That's next here on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your next adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right in to the 12.3 HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure, and Nissan's incredible lineup also includes my personal favorite, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. So take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Rep 
wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. In the chat, we have Laquita saying it's too sad that the great season didn't motivate him to work even harder. I could not agree more. If he was able to improve off of that 2020 season, it's not even a question as to whether or not he's going to be back. He would have been locked up probably last year to a long-term deal. You know, when they picked up his option, and then they could have said, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and hit you with that extension, probably similar to what they're about to do with uh, Tristan Wirfs. And then G Vegas, G Vegas in the chat, Devin White should go to the Broncos. They have a horse mascot that he can ride on. Oh, goodness. Goodness, G Vegas. You are just, uh, you're on one today, aren't you? All right. It is time to make a decision. Should the Bucks bring back Devin White? Mostly, I lean no. And I think many of you watching or listening expected that answer. However, I do think there is a world that exists where we have not seen the last of Devin White in a Buccaneers uniform. I do not think he's going to get the tag. And, and I know we had the comment in the chat. I don't think he's going to get the tag for a couple of reasons. Number one, the tag is going to be too expensive, uh, especially given what... Devin White's estimated market value is going to be. It's not going to be the $20, $25 million that he wants. Um, and that franchise tag for a linebacker gets way up there. And then I saw uh, David in the chat saying, let him rush like Parsons. And while that is a good idea, if you franchise tag him and then you start using him as the edge rusher, now you're going to get into a whole thing about I can't remember what player it was. A couple was it Jimmy Graham who got franchise tagged, but said that he should have been franchise tagged as like a wide receiver because he, you know, he puts up wide receiver stats, and you're going to end up in some sort of salary arbitration issue. It, it becomes a whole big thing. Uh, so that adds another level to the franchise tag. I still do think that if a player on the Bucks gets the franchise tag, which is not something that they use very often. It's going to be Antoine Winfield Jr. That sixteen million or sixteen point two five million for a safety on the franchise tag is lower than what Winfield's probably going to get on the open market. It allows the Buccaneers an extra three to four months of negotiating a long-term deal with Winfield. They can lock him up under the tag, not have to worry about it. Put that kind of off to the side. Worry about some of these other bigger contracts. Then go back to Winfield and say, "All right, here's your long-term deal." We had to shuffle money. We had to make sure that we were structuring things right, but we want you here long-term. Here's your five-year deal, and you can move on. But I can absolutely see the Bucks letting Devin White kind of shop around and see what kind of offers are out there, and maybe someone comes in and offers him five years and, and 75 to $80 million, and there's no way that the Buccaneers are matching that. But what seems more likely is that Devin learns that the market for him isn't the same in his mind versus the minds of other teams. And that $100 million contract he was striving for is, is light years away and basically a pipe dream. That leads Devin White down an alternate path. Does he go to the highest bidder just to maximize his income potential and, and play somewhere just because they offered him the most money? Or does he consider a shorter-term deal in the defense that he knows, with a coach that he claims to love like a father figure, 
with a chance to put in the work and improve and then hit that big payday in 2025 or 2026. Like I mentioned, SpotTrack has an estimated market value on Devin White of $10.7 million. Would he take three years, $35 million from another team with only, you know, like 10 to $15 million guaranteed? Or would he come back to the Bucks for two years, 20 million, 13 million guaranteed, and then have the opportunity to hit free agency again before he turns 30 years old? getting to play in a system where he has already been successful, like Pro Bowls, Super Bowl champion, second team, all pro successful, build on that, and then go into free agency again. Make those improvements. Get better in coverage. Get better in run defense. Get better in the attitude department. And then potentially get that huge payday that he wants, uh, you know, basically since he was he was drafted, there is absolutely a road that leads down that path. And I think if that's an opportunity that presents itself, the Buccaneers are going to try and make it happen and going to try and bring him back. I'd say right now, as I've I've mentioned how. I feel like Baker Mayfield returning is at like 99.999%. I'd say right now the chances of Devin White returning are like 80-20 that he's gone. But I'm very interested to see the way that his market shakes out at the start of free agency. And we're going to get a really good idea as to what chances the Bucs have at bringing him back in that first 24 to 36 hours of the open negotiating window. And again, Maybe the Bucs don't want to bring him back. Maybe Devin White has his agent tell the Bucs, don't even bother making an offer. He wants to move on. All of that's very possible. But I think it's also just as possible that if that market isn't what Devin White thought it was going to be, which I think is extremely likely, that there's an opportunity there for the Buccaneers to bring him back for you know one or two years. And I think... This system that Todd Bowles runs is the best one for Devin to succeed in. And if he comes back, that obviously helps the Buccaneers fill out part of the roster holes that they have. It also helps Devin's opportunity to kind of take a step back, reevaluate, and then move forward with the sole purpose of raising his level of play to the level that every single one of us, you know, talking about this right now, if you're listening, if you're watching, we all know that he's capable of, but more than that, the Buccaneers and Devin White himself knows that he's capable of. I just also wonder if there's some bad blood, some hurt egos, and some greed that's going to stand in the way of all that. Going to jump in the chat one more time before we get out of here. Uh, G Vegas says, all jokes aside, he was one of my favorite players during that 2020 run, and I thought his ceiling would have been amazing. I agree 100%. Uh, David in the chat says, AWJ, Antoine Winfield Jr. gets the tag. I think so. I think that's the direction. It's the one that, to me, right now, on February 16th, makes the most sense for the Buccaneers uh, if they're going to issue the tag 
makes the most sense for it to go to uh to Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh let's see, we got G Vegas, are the free agent previews for outside or inside players? I'm very interested in a Jordan Whitehead reunion for Bucks players. The obvious uh, are Baker Evans and Antoine Winfield Jr. Lesser known would be McLaughlin and Gaines. So the series that I'm running right now, and we'll end on this note, I am taking a look at the Buccaneers pending free agents. So these are guys, whether or not I think the Buccaneers are going to try to bring them back or let them walk. As we get closer to free agency and I get through these these Bucks free agents, we will dive into some outsiders and who's going to fit this team and who's not. And I'll probably double up on some of these Buccaneers on some of these episodes. I don't know if I can fill an entire episode with Chase McLaughlin and Greg Gaines, so I might be doubling up on those. Uh, we'll certainly get into Baker and Mike and Antoine, but I wanted to, to take a little break from them. We've talked a lot about Baker and Mike and Antoine over the course of the last couple of weeks, wanted to kind of pivot the focus away from them. Um, but we'll have another profile coming up on Monday's episode, but that is going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Please make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Follow on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks. Become a Locked On Bucks insider by going to JoinSubtext.com slash LockedOnBucks to sign up. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining me right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 